News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Now, EU Ombudsman Emily O'Reilly has called for a public inquiry into the deaths of migrants in the Mediterranean and she joins us now. Uh, Emily, this is off the back of the sinking of the Adriana, a migrant ship. Uh, explain to us, please, your concerns around this. The Adriana sank in June of last year. 600 people plus were were uh, drowned or are still missing. At the time, everybody knew it was there. The Greek authorities were looking on. Frontex, which is the European Union uh, Border and Coast Guard Agency, were, was aware of it. There were various civil society organisations watching. There were commercial private ships and boats looking at it. So it basically uh, you know, capsized in plain sight. So what I decided to do was look at the role of Frontex. So, uh, Frontex is a highly resourced uh, agency of the EU um, and it is called the European Border and Coast Guard Agency. And I simply wanted to answer the question, well, what was it doing while all of this was going on? And basically what my inquiry and my investigation found was because of the rules governing search and rescue and who's in charge, uh, Frontex was basically forced to stand by hapless and helpless because it was only the Greek Coast Guard who could um, coordinate any potential rescue and they had to obey the orders of the Greek Coast Guard. And what was problematic was that Frontex was very anxious to get back to the site of the Adriana to monitor what was happening. On four different occasions in the space of about 15 hours, uh, it tried to contact the Greek authorities, the Greek Coast Guard, and uh, the Greek Coast Guard simply didn't respond. So those were the general findings of our investigation. Okay. So, so just, just, just for people who won't be necessarily familiar with something like Frontex, Frontex is, is called the Border and Coast Guard Agency, but, but Coast Guard might not be quite the right terms because it doesn't have a search and rescue remit. It has a search and surveillance remit. Is that correct? Exactly. And, that's, and that's quite different. Exactly, because it was uh, it, it used to be a small agency, and then with you know the increase in migration and uh, uh, for other reasons, uh, the EU decided to um, basically to give it a lot more resources. So you know, just to give you an indication, in twenty by twenty twenty seven, it will have an annual budget of one billion euro. So uh, you know, most people would consider that something called a coast guard would have the usual search and rescue functions. But in fact, its primary function is surveillance of the external borders and its rescue role is is minimal. If you go onto its website, it says that, you know, it rescued 43,000 people last year. But in fact, what it did was, you know, take part in surveillance operations and indicate to relevant authorities where people were. But it is not, it does not have a search and rescue function. And throughout our investigation, it was anxious to emphasize that to us, that it is not a search and rescue and tool. Is, is it the case, Emily, where it is in fact not allowed to engage in rescue operations without the authority of whichever national, in this case it was the Greek authority, whatever national authority is in charge of those waters? So it couldn't act without the say-so of the Greeks. Is, is that how this this works? Yeah, that's exactly right. So basically a Frontex plane spotted the, uh, the Adriana, videoed it for 10 minutes and then it ran out of fuel, went back to base. Um, from then on, it was the Greek Coast Guard that was in charge of the Greek uh, Rescue Coordination Centre was in charge. And all boats, including uh, all um, uh, vessels, airplanes, whatever, uh, in that area had to take their instructions from uh, the Greek Coast Guard. So Frontex legally could not return to the site of the Adriana without the permission of the Greek Coast Guard. It kept ringing the Greek Coast Guard, but the Greek Coast Guard did not respond. Okay. When it did when it did go back, 
it was too late. The boat had sunk, um, and the Greek uh, Coast Guard said, or the yeah, the Greek Coast Guard said that uh, your services are no longer necessary. So there's a huge imbalance okay. as between the competences of Frontex and the competence of uh, the member states. And Emily, is there any policy for for Frontex in those circumstances if they believe a vessel is in distress, if they have contacted the national authority in this case, the Greeks, and said? You know, something is happening here. There's lots, of, and we knew that was a very overcrowded vehicle. That 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 this, you know, there was pictures of that ship. There was hundreds of people on it, including children. They have no ability to to under certain circumstances where they believe life is at risk, for example, to to act off their own bat. That that's not a possibility for them. Well, in in terms of, well, one thing is, uh, I'm just saying, there's no policy around what to do if if the authority, the Greek well, authority, exactly. doesn't doesn't respond. I think what you're referring to is whether they could have issued a mayday call and, and they could have autonomously uh, off their own bat. They could have issued a mayday call. They chose not to because they said that the boat was not in immediate danger. And strictly speaking, that's true because it continued to, to float and drip for many hours be- before it sank. But of course, you know, it was heavily overcrowded. Their cameras on their plane has seen as well that, that people didn't have life jackets. It was overcrowded. There had been reports from civil society um, activists who were in touch with people on the boat that uh, the people were in distress, that there were children on board, that people had died. But um, Frontex, um, its own uh, Frontex, basically took the view: well, it's not an immediate danger. We're not going to issue a mayday call. So what we have said to them is that they really need to examine that uh, to establish rules and protocols in relation to when they do yeah. call and to have a wider view, perhaps, of what constitutes an emergency, because. Obviously, yes, it wasn't in immediate danger, but, you know, it was a boat that could fit apparently 400 people. There were 750 people on board. It had been sailing for days, so it was, you know, in distress, let's face it. Uh, Emily, I I know previously Ursula von der Leyen has said saving lives at sea is not optional, as in we we, we are obliged to do that. And in fact, we are obliged to do that by international law. But do you believe that at least tacitly that that European uh, national authorities and indeed the Frontex agency that that they're afraid to re- not afraid is the wrong word but they're not rescuing people because of this idea that rescuing people creates a pull factor that rescuing people will encourage people to come uh, uh, and that in effect what what happened with the Adriana was that was that we 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 the world and we the Europeans sat back and more or less watched six hundred people drown. Well, yeah. Well, if you look at the sort of other factors around this, I mean, about 10 years ago, there was a tragedy off the coast of Italy, which you may recall, off the, the island of Lampedusa, when several hundred migrants drowned and everybody said, this, we can't have this happen again. Uh, and then the Italians set up a, a proactive search and rescue operation called the Mare Nostrum, which was closed down a year later. Uh, replaced with the Frontex operation with limited uh, rescue uh, competences and whatever. NGOs who have tried to set up to save migrants, you know, in the Mediterranean, yeah. they have been prosecuted or threatened with prosecution in at least five member state countries. So uh, it does seem that, um, you know, the, the there is no, and I say this in the report, there is no effective, proactive search and rescue possibility uh, in the Mediterranean. And And, you know, people have to... Uh, look at that and examine that and see, you know, for a European Union that prides itself so much on its fundamental rights obligations, the right to life, protecting the right to life. And you quoted Commission President von der Leyen there from a few years ago uh, and other commissioners come out with the same rhetoric, whether the gap between the rhetoric and the reality is so great that really they have to attempt to close it. 
Okay, so it's a very, I suppose, stark, I, I wouldn't call them accusations, but I suppose stark laying out of facts. Um, what are you calling for? Do we need an independent inquiry? Do we need a, an honest debate about how we're actually dealing with the, with the migrant situation in the Med? Yeah, I mean, since 2014, I think over 25,000 uh, people have died in the Mediterranean. They all have families, you know, and there has to be some sort of accountability there. And, you know, p- policy choices and political choices are for the legislators. They're not my business. But I think it's important that that citizens and these actions or inactions are being carried out in our name need to know what is happening, need to know the factors that are involved in the fact that so many people are are, are still uh, dying in, in the Mediterranean. And then the political choices can be made. But I also think it's very important, to be honest. And, you know, part of my investigation was to sort of lay out, well, this this is the role of Frontex. This it was, it was able to do. But more importantly, this is the way its hands were tied because of the imbalances between its competences and the competences of the member states. EU Ombudsman Emily O'Reilly, thank you very much for speaking to News Talk Breakfast. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.